Good morning, church. So, last time I ministered to you, I highlighted to you a couple of church signs, and uh, I want to give two to you this morning. This was one that was seen not far from here, and it said, slow church services. And I just want to declare our church services are not going to be slow. They're going to be filled with God. They're going to be powerful. They're going to be lively. They're not going to be slow. Amen. And the next one's a bit more pastoral. Grief counseling, free for all Pirates fans. Every Nation Rosebank. Straight off to the service, anybody who needs it. Friends, we are in week four, the final week of our God's General series. If you were with us in week one, we looked at Nicholas Bengu, who's described as the Billy Graham of Africa. And uh, he came from, um, or he really, his, the, the, the epicenter of his ministry was Duncanville and then Imdansani in East London. And he was known for the Back to God movement. And the one thing that he, he spoke about was the honor and the respect and the fear of God. So we started in Africa. We then moved to Europe, and uh, Maruti Sam ministered on John Wesley. And three things exemplified John Wesley. First of all, just the powerful influence of his mother. How she raised so many children, and every one of them served and loved God. And then the impact and the influence of the Holy Spirit. And then thirdly, this revelation of the laity up until that time, it was the priests who did everything. And John Wesley established these things called classes, which we call connect groups today, and uh, just raised up an army of men and women who loved God and ministered. And then last week, we were going to go to Asia, and we we're going to have uh, Brother Yun and Steve Mill, but it was a surprise and a wonderful surprise, and we had Kevin York speak about how to overcome evil. But if you do want to go to Asia, then get Wiki Church, the book, and get uh, Brother Yun's book, The Heavenly Man, because that's what we would have done. Today, we go to America, and uh, I have the pleasure of ministering with my beautiful wife. And we are going to look at an amazing woman who is really the unsung heroine, the unsung apostle of the Azusa Street Revival, and her name was Lucy Farrow. So as we've done in the past, we first speak in the first person, and then move to the, ser- move to the word straight after that. Thank you, darling. Good morning. My name is Lucy Farrow. And as I look back at my life, I'm humbled and I'm blessed that my great God and friend would have chosen to use me, a woman, a black woman born into slavery, to do so many things. They describe me as the forgotten apostle of Pentecost, God's woman behind the Azusa Street revival of 1906 that rocked the world. I don't know about that, but I do know God's word is true and that I held on to it. And as I did, I surely did, I saw many incredible blessings and miracles come about because of trusting, believing, and acting. I was born in slavery in the South Virginia in America, and there is no recording of the date of my birth, except to say that it was in the 1850s. Although the American Civil War brought us freedom from slavery when I was a teenager, the world I grew up in was hard and my family was dirt poor. The Jim Crow laws kept us separated from white folk, segregated public facilities, including public restrooms and drinking fountains and separate seating in restaurants and on buses. All of this was meant to keep us in our place and for us not to mix with the white folk. 
It's funny now when I think of how many white folk I ended up leading and ministering to. I could easily have become bitter at the injustice and the impression, oppression, but the love of God came to me with such power that I saw beyond race, and God used me to cross the color line time and time again. God had gripped me and called me, and around 1900, I became the pastor of a small holiness congregation in Houston, Texas. While I was there, I met Charles Parham. Parham was preaching a message about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He told me about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that had occurred in his Bethel Bible College in Kansas in January 1901, when virtually every student there had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was so inspired by what I heard, and when Charles and his wife Sarah invited me to go with them to live in their home, acting as a governess, I agreed and turned the pastorate of my congregation over to one of my younger friends, William Seymour. While in the Parman home, I studied the word and became convinced that God's promises were true, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I asked for the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and I spoke in tongues, and this was the turning point of my life. I returned to Houston after a few months to my congregation and signed up for Bible college. I also encouraged William Seymour to enroll in the Bible college, where he too learned about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, although at this time he had not yet personally experienced it. William Seymour was in the school for about six weeks before departing for Los Angeles to accept an invitation to pastor a small storefront church in the inner city. When the elders of this church rejected Seymour and his message of a Holy Spirit baptism, he began attending a small prayer meeting which he soon became the recognized leader of. William Seymour, my friend and my disciple, then called me to come to Los Angeles and to teach on the baptism in the Holy Spirit and to pray for them to receive this experience, as none of them had, not even Seymour, although he believed it to be true. I was careful to follow the Holy Spirit in all I did, and as I did, The power of God fell on those present in the prayer meetings, and to my surprise, many people fell on the floor and began speaking in tongues. Different gifts of the Spirit began to manifest, and the meetings lasted throughout the night. Word spread quickly that God was pouring out a new Pentecost on our prayer meetings in Bonnie Bray Street, and people began to come from every direction. The house filled with people, And the crowd overflowed onto the porch and into the yard. One participant said, by the next morning, there was no way of getting close to the house. Realizing we needed more space, we searched and we found an old abandoned building in downtown Los Angeles at 312 Azusa Street. We moved the prayer meeting to that location and we had our first prayer meeting on April 14, 1906. For the next three years, the meetings ran around the clock as thousands of people flocked to Azusa Street from across America and from many other nations. I'll never forget a skeptic named Howard Goss. He came disbelieving, but he said that as he heard the word of God through me, that his heart, a 
again became hungry for another manifestation of God, and he went on to testify. So I went forward that she might place her hands upon me, and when she did, the Spirit of God again struck me like a bolt of lightning, and the power of God surged through my body, and I began speaking in tongues. I, Lucy, stayed in Los Angeles for another four months and then went to Houston, where I preached in Parman's summer camp meetings. The large audience, mostly white, was electrified as I told them about the revival that was underway in Los Angeles, and many were baptized in the Holy Spirit. I traveled across America ministering for a number of months and then went to Liberia, the first African republic to have self-proclaimed independence, which was in July 1847. I settled in Johnsonville, which was about 25 miles from the capital of Monrovia, from where I carried on a a ministry of preaching, teaching, and praying for the sick, and leading people into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hundreds came to Christ, and a move of God began in West Africa that continues to this day. It was in Liberia that God supernaturally enabled me to speak to the crew people in their own language. I even ministered to the king of the crew. After my time in Liberia, I returned to Los Angeles and lived out my final years in a small faith cottage behind the Azusa Street Mission. Many people would come for prayer and for wisdom, and healings took place, and so many were baptized in the Holy Spirit. In 1911, I contracted TB, and I went on to be with the Lord. I watched with joy and wonder how the Spirit of God continues to move across the earth, and I'm ever grateful that I simply believed God's word, and I did it. I feel so proud of my wife. What an incredible story. What a great woman who grew up in such an oppressed, poverty-stricken environment and yet trusted God. I'm going to speak to you today just of passage in Scripture, Luke chapter 5, which I believe exemplifies this great woman, this great apostolic leader. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him, talking about Jesus, to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. At your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and to help them. And they came and they filled both boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. 
And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching men. And when they brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed him. This is not Simon Peter's first encounter with Jesus. We read in the previous chapter, and this is just Luke's account, of how Jesus healed Simon Peter's mother. And there's other accounts in the gospel how Jesus first met Simon Peter. So what has happened? Jesus has interfaced with Simon Peter. He's called him to follow after him. And yet here we see Simon Peter back at his boats, back doing that which is comfortable for him, doing that which he is used to. And he's doing it, and he's doing it all in vain. And you know what? God doesn't bring hardship to us. God doesn't bring curses on us. But this is a reality. All of us come to the end of our strength. All of us come to the end of our ability. And here we have this moment where Simon Peter is basically saying, you know, if I'm a fisherman, I've fished all night and I've caught nothing. Like, what, what am I? It's like a mother who can't cook food. It's, a, it's an accountant who can't do journal entries. It's a singer who can't keep in tune. He is at the end of himself. And he's not following Jesus. He's doing that which is comfortable. He's doing that which is in his own capacity. Billy Graham said, when we come to the end of ourselves, we come to the beginning of God. May it not be, may it not be that you have to wait till you get to a place of crisis before you say, Jesus, come into my boat. But if you are in a place of need, if you are in a place of crisis, maybe your finances, maybe your marriage, maybe your health, I don't know what it might be. The word of the Lord to you today is that Jesus is coming. And he wants to come into the boat of your life. And he wants to minister to you. The very fact that you're here this morning is God's mercy to you. The very fact that you are hearing the word of God and that, and that, and that you're here is Jesus coming to you. Not every single one of us come to the end of our abilities. And Jesus comes to us at our lowest point. He comes to us in love and he comes to us in mercy. And I love this verse in Hebrews 4 verse 15. It says, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness. We've got a high priest who understands, who's being tempted, it goes on to say, in every way, just as we are, yet without sins. Don't you love it when you've got a friend who understands you or a family member who really gets you? Maybe you've got that. I hope you do. But even if you don't, Jesus gets you. He sees your pressures. He sees your pain. And you know what he says? Let me come into your boat. Let me come into your life. He'd called him already. He'd called Simon Peter, and Simon Peter wasn't following. And he comes again. And for some of you, Jesus is coming a second time. And he's saying, will you let me come into your boat? And will you cast out from the shore and be with me? We all face these moments. Peter could have said no. Peter could have re resisted. But he said yes, and he allowed Jesus in. And what's the first thing? And, the, and this process that Jesus takes Peter through is the same process for all of us. The very first thing that he does is he brings the word to build up his faith. 
Now, I believe in the laying of hands, and this whole sermon series about God's general has been about the impartation, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But understand this, it's the Holy Spirit and it's the Word of God. And we read here, the crowd was pressing in to hear the Word of God. Are you pressing in today to hear the Word of God? Or are you here but not quite here? It says he sat down and he taught the people. We don't know how long he taught them for. We know that the Apostle Paul preached so long into the night that somebody fell off the railing eventually and died and had to be risen from the dead again. <laughs> but are we men and women who press in and receive the Word of God? Hebrews 4, sorry, Romans, Romans 10, it says, So faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the Word of God. You want to grow in faith? You want to build your faith? You know what you need? You need the Word of God. Now, I need a volunteer. I need a strong man who's willing to throw away their name for a chocolate. Come, Simon. All right, so that's your reward for throwing your name away. Simon's a strong man. So we've got two bottles here. Neither of them have been opened. Don't open it. Don't open it, Simon. Um, And what I want you to do is just to crush that. Just crush it. Show us what you got. You can try. I hope it doesn't work. No, you can't. You can't. (laughs) All right. I have not opened this bottle. Thank you for playing. (laughs) I've never opened this, but what I did do is I made a little hole. And there's nothing, there was nothing inside of it. Whereas this bottle is full of the good stuff. My friends, are you empty or are you full of the good stuff? Because all of us face pressure. And you can't prepare for that pressure moment. You can't be like, okay, it's going to be tomorrow, so now I'm going to do a Bible study. It's every day to build yourself up in the most holy faith. It's every day to take the word of God. And this is what Jesus does. This is what he does to Simon. He sees where he's at, and he begins to minister. And and Simon is this captive audience. He's on the boat. He's got the front row seats, and he's hearing the word of God. Will you allow yourself? Will you purpose? Will you decide to be a man, a woman who drinks of the word of God daily? Lucy Farrow was a woman who's quintessentially a woman of God's word. It says that she hungered for it. She feasted on it. And she was sustained by the word of God. What is your attitude towards God's word to you? His love letter, his promises, his guarantee to you. Billy Graham said, Oh, that we would hunger to be filled with the word of God. For there is no greater armor, no greater strength, No greater assurance that he is with us and in us when we go forth in battle equipped and nourished by his instruction and determined to stand firm on his promises. Jesus determines to get Simon Peter back on track. He comes to him. He takes him a little bit from the shore, and then he gives him the word of God to build up his faith. Will you be that man, that woman whose faith is built up? 
And then having done that, next step, Jesus makes it personal. And every one of us, we need to go beyond the general revelation and start to hear what is God saying right into my heart, right into my life. What is God requiring of me here now today? Never mind what's happening with other people. What is God's word to me? What am I meant to do with my life? And what is the thing that I need to stop doing? What is the thing I need to repent of? What is the surrender that I need to do? Jesus says to him, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And we know what's happened. They have fished for the whole night. They know this water. They know that you fish at night, you don't fish in the day. And yet what is his response? His response is, at your word. Yes, Lord, at your word, I will. This is the truth. It is in the deep that we experience the place of miracles. And what is the deep? The deep is hearing the word of God, hearing the Holy Spirit for your life personally and doing it. We all want miracles. We all want breakthrough in our lives. But when are we going to get it? When we go out into the deep. When we go against the wisdom of this world. But we are listening to the voice of God for our lives. Secondly, it is in the deep that we get the revelation of Jesus. Here he says to him, he he declares of Jesus, Kyrios, you are Lord. And we can give a strong argument theologically that this is his moment of salvation. This is his moment of lordship. This is his moment of saying, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. It is in the deep that we get this great revelation and this great relationship with God. And then lastly, it is in the deep that we get the, we get the place of destiny. Here it is that Jesus speaks to him and says, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Don't you want the fullness of your destiny? Don't you want to be a man or woman that does great things in your life? Lives meaningfully, lives for God, fulfills all your gifts and talents and skills? That happens when we push out into the deep, when we follow God. Yes, we've heard his word. We've led him into our boat. But now we go further in. We go to that place of risk. We go to that place where we've never been before. Will you go where God wants you to go? Will you allow him to get personal with you? This is what, Lucy Far- this is what they said of Lucy Farrow. Probably out of her deep sense of need, she had developed a radical dependence on God and a rare sensitivity to his Holy Spirit. This dependence on God characterized every part of her life and ministry. She did not have an assembly line approach in praying for people, but only prayed as she was prompted by the Holy Spirit. This sort of radical dependence on God and sensitivity to the Holy Spirit would characterize the revival that would break forth through her ministry in Los Angeles. Because of what happened through her ministry, the move of the Spirit spread across the world today. Today, the fastest growing component of the Church of Jesus Christ is the Pentecostal Charismatic, approaching 600 million people, fastest growing. We're not sure about all the other movements within the body of Christ, but we, we do know those people who take God at His word and say, Lord, we will go into the deep, and Your word promises it, and Your word says, in the last days I'll pour out my Spirit in all flesh. And there's no last, the last of days. In the last days, we are in that dispensation. We're in that dispensation of the last days where he's pouring out his spirit. 
And he's calling us to go deeper. The last three weeks, we've trusted for an infilling of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and that's been awesome. Many of you have come forward and many have received breakthrough. And today I'm going to trust. We're going to trust together. And I'm going to ask you to go deeper. I'm going to ask you, instead of saying, for me, I'm going to ask you to say, Lord, use me today. So can we do something? And uh, can you just be cooperative? I'm not going to give you chocolates. Just be cooperative, okay? Can you pair up or three up? So join with somebody. So join up in twos or threes right now. That's, that's instruction number one, okay? I'm going to give you instruction number two. Okay, so you just find somebody that you're going to pair up with, and you are going to do something with them. Okay, pair up or three up. You're going to pray for them. Please, everybody, people at the back, sound desk, everybody. Okay, it, nobody's excluded. No walking out the church. Let's go deeper. All right, now this is what you're going to do. You're going to trust God that you're going to, you're going to pray for that person. Introduce them. If they want to tell you, ask them. But you're going to pray and just trust the Holy Spirit to use you right now. If you get a prophetic word, prophesy over them. But if you just want to pray for them, you're not that confident. Can we go deeper today? I'm going to give you five minutes to do this. We've had the Holy Spirit come. We've had the Lord move upon us. Now let's have the Holy Spirit move through us. Can I get a yes and an amen? Is everybody in a group of two or three? Anybody being rebellious? No. Amen. Okay, let's start praying. Thank you, Jesus. Father, take us deeper. Take us into that place of destiny. Take us into that place of being used by you, Lord God. Take us into that place of revelation of you, Father God. Take us into that place of miracles, Lord God. Lord, may we not stay ever in that safe place, Lord God, in the shallows. Take us deeper into you, Lord God, following after you, hearing a voice. Lord, we, we're so inspired by Lucy Farrow, and we see what your word says, Lord God. Come deeper. And we pray for us as a church, Lord, that we would not just be consumers, Lord God, but we would be givers. Lord, that you would use us in, in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You'd use us in prophecy and words of knowledge and words of wisdom and healing, Lord God. Take us deeper, Father. Even as we, we are praying for one another, Lord God, we pray for this, Lord God. Take us deeper. Take us deeper. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord God. I'm going to ask that we all stand, please. Could I ask the ministry team to please come forward? Ministry team, even connect leaders, just come forward now, please, and face the congregation. There's an impartation through the laying of hands. And one of the things that we're going to trust for is an increase in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So you, if you come forward, you are coming forward to say, Lord, I want to be used by you. You're not coming to receive for you, but you're coming to receive a gift that you can give to other people. You're coming so you can be, a, be mighty in prayer and mighty in ministry. Word of God says, follow the way of love and eagerly the desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. So if you want to break through in the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be used by God to touch the body of Christ, then as we wrap up, just come to the front and these great people are going to lay hands on you. I want to highlight to you just a couple of scriptures as we go. Matthew 7 verse 24 says, Therefore, 
everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. Not just hearing the words, but putting them into practice is like the man who built his house on the rock. Just because you come to church, just because you hear is not enough. You've got to put them into practice. Luke 11, blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Last, last slide. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. You can become inoculated against the word of God if you just listen. You can become hard-hearted and then you never go out into the deep. So your parents are Christian, your wife's Christian, your husband's Christian, but you actually not because you're never doing what the word of God says. To the Jews who believed, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I'm going to ask us to say something today together, which is what Simon Peter said. And this is, at your word, I will. With whatever God is saying to you, calling you out to the deep, can you say, at your word, I will. One more. Whatever you're asking us, Lord, we say, at your word, I will. God bless you.